and out. This is Sean O'Keefe, and this is Scoreline Extra podcast condensing some of the interviews that we conducted on Scoreline throughout the weekend of sport here on KCLR. You're going to hear from Tom Mullally and Stephen Malumphy following Carlo and Kerry's epic draw down in Austin Stack Park. Mark Dowling, Kilkenny under 20 manager after registering a 5.20 to 3.20 win over Galway and UPMC Nolan Park. We'll hear from Limerick legend Ollie Morin who will be looking ahead to the whole championship campaign. He sat down with Robbie during the week. We will also be talking to Kieran Byrne from John Locke's GEA Club has a championship forecaster you might be interested in. Shem Kelly Kilkenny intermediate camogie manager reflects on a league final draw with Cork they're going to do it all again very very soon we're talking to a two time gold medalist from the Irish Open Maria Godden who's looking ahead to the European Under 23 Championship representing Ireland in the swimming pools and Eddie Clifford after St. Canis's once again won another league title this time the KCLR scoreline.ie Division 1 League but first there's only one place to start and that's with none other than Mr. Tom Mullally Tom, that was an epic, epic game of hurling to watch as the banished door, probably epic as well. Nearly got the two points. He got one, and I don't think you're disappointed. To get a draw down here would be a fair enough result. Oh, no, we'd be disappointed, Brendan. I mean, oh, yeah. we, we target, you I mean, stuff like that. And obviously, I, I think the performance probably we played well enough over the course of 70 minutes. But it, it, like there were errors and, and there were mistakes that kind of probably cost us the win. And ultimately, but uh, to be fair, I, I don't think we looked like losing the game either, which was which is a credit to the players and a credit to, to their attitude over the course of the game, like, you know. Probably disappointed where we always talk about the last score, but as Brian Cody used to always say, it's not always one situation in the game. Their number 10 crept in, he got the levelling score in there. Kerry people will say they deserve the draw, but you got enough chances in the first half, a lot of goal opportunities. They went to begging. Yeah, and I thought we defended well enough. To be fair, for kind of most of the game, there was obviously periods there where, as you said, they got they got scores that we'd, we'd we'd rather have defended quite. We'd, we'd rather have defended better. But look, that's that's the nature of today. As you said, it was it was a game that that toed and froed to a degree, like you I mean stuff like that. And, and we've we, we've both come out with a share of the spoils, so that's a, that's a credit to both. Not easy to come down here, Tom, to get a result. But in fairness, the draw you'll go back now and you'll get your rest rest and recovery correct and tough assignment next weekend. Leash coming to the Netwatch Cullen Park. Ah, yeah, it's a huge challenge for us. I mean, um, obviously um, today was 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 kind of likewise. I mean, like, like we know Kerry bring a bring bring a, a very organised, hard, aggressive challenge. I mean, and our lads will be sore over the next couple of days, as I'm sure Leash will and so that. But it's the same for us all. So look, that's the challenge we have next weekend, and we'll just embrace that and take it on. Yeah, people are asking me during the week, how do the lads recover week and week? I know the Leinster Championship is the same monsters week on week. It's not easy, sure it's not, because they're only human. They all have to go out to work and do it. So it's a difficult enough job for you to manage that to get lads right for next week. Because you could see at the last ten minutes today, players were getting tired. Tough game last week against Kildare, good win, but it, it always tells, doesn't it? I know it does, yeah. And I suppose we'll kind of find, as, as I said, we like the first phase of the, of, of the competition involves three games, one weekend after another. And but that's everybody knows that. So it's, so it's up to us to have, have our house in order in that regard. And we look on full time against Leash exactly where we're at. You showed great character. Kerry got a bit of a purple patch in that second half, but Carlo rallied, came back, went two points in front again. A little bit unfortunate. Some people felt might have got a free or two on the far side. Didn't happen. But in fairness, you battled back when you had to and took the lead when you had to. Win. Just unfortunate at the end. But there were some nice passages and a lovely honest. Performance by Carlo today. I oh, know I thought the players showed a lot of character. You mean I, 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 you can see that in them that, that they're quite despondent at the moment, and that's 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 good in, in terms of the expectation level. Um, and I think you're right. I think I think we responded pretty well when when it came when, when Kerry came back and maybe maybe levelled on occasions or kind of got within a point. We added a couple of points after that and stretched it out again. Um, and obviously it was just the closing out of the game was probably the only thing today in terms of winning it. But obviously we can did well enough to kind of not, to kind of get the draw over too. Like you know, still very much in this competition, Tom. We look forward to next Saturday at Watch Cullen Park. Huge crowd will be there. Leash Carlo doesn't come much better local derby so well done on the draw today I know you would have loved to got the two points but it's not the end of the world so well done to Carlo and yourself for getting a result here today No thanks very much Ben appreciate that Good man thanks Tom Thanks a million Yeah you've been hard It's a point per minute so if you're down six points and six minutes to go don't panic keep going and, and they definitely showed it there you could have you could have got distracted there. You could have gone, you know, shenanigans off the ball, slowing it down. But they kept their focus, uh, and we're delighted at that. But you know what? Lucky to get that in the end. And any time a team kind of pulls away from you, it does kind of feel like, oh, right, we're, we're back at the bottom of the mountain again, and you should kind of climb it again. But they didn't, didn't phase them at all. No, no, they kept going. Um, it is. We keep saying about the caliber of the team. We've been down from Leash last year, or sorry, awfully ten points, eleven. We brought it back to a level. They never go away. They never give up either, um, and they never panic, which is great. And we've been in those situations before, but it was important. Like if you lost that game by a point it was a it was a massive it was a massive loss to be honest it'd be hard to get ready to go again so you know I suppose we're delighted we got the draw there at the very end um, I suppose Carol might be a little deflated after but you know 
each weekend is that every team will take point off the other. I and realised that you didn't have last week, you were able to bring him in in the second half. That, that was probably yeah, the telling. Yeah, 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 yeah. Your changes worked well. Yeah. No, they did. And the finishers the last time, we call them finishers, the finishers last time came in and made an impact. We didn't do so against Killeer that time. It was one of the games. The Offaly game, we didn't do it. But the last two games they have, and we set that up, and it's this, different finishers this time. But they have to make an impact. They have to get on ball. They have to do it. And I think the pressure's there. And for the credit to you, guys came in, they did it. Michael Lean uh, he hits over that winning pint obviously it's the only pint he's going to have in the next 24 hours I'd imagine <laughs> and we won't play on that but anyway uh, <laughs> and a bit of cake anyway <laughs> he scored two points but that point has kept he basically in the Joe Mac now I know if he lost he probably still could win and get to the final but that was a crucial point from uh, birthday by Mike no it was yeah he seems to be marked with the further out he is on the pitch to be honest we all said that to him but no look he's been playing well all year even we had him in as a forward like the amount of ball he's getting he's an excellent he's, a, he's an athlete he'll go oh, again and again he'll go up and down the pitch he's probably one of the fittest guys we have in the team but do you know what it was nice when we had a sideline and Gene Conway to be honest like, I thought he was again he's outstanding again he's always immense no he is he is and this year he's really really come board he's really got a leadership role but like he's been putting sidelines over the bar and he could have you know gone for whatever but he saw a quick ball back out to Mike Lean and do you want and Mike Lean called for it he wanted it which is great to see you know, Carlo might feel a bit of grief because Marty Kevin felt he was fouled below the ref didn't give it while he was generous enough in the first half with situations like that you got the rub of the green and in fairness you deserved it because a draw was probably a fair result even though you would have loved to have won it Tom said he would have loved to have won it but this was some advertisement for John McDonough Hurley it is you know and suddenly it doesn't get enough coverage like you see do you want I couldn't get over you understand the game yeah. they always go through divisions all the football games but they only show Division 1 in the, the hurling bar, you know, small yeah. tippets of Division 2 and we never see Division 3 or 4 like no. where are Division 4 3 and 4 teams why are they not included we'd love to see how weekly we're getting on the hurling but no it was it was great spectacle to be honest and you know what oh, yeah, I'll take the draw I suppose even Tom I suppose the other way I suppose they I think over the, over the day they were the stronger like they had the first, first half they pushed on in the second quarter we didn't do ourselves just the second half we had to put it right if everybody they kept pushing it out but we brought it back to 5 we thought this is it now we had the momentum but no they went up and they got the 1 or 2 key points that we had to fight to, to get a draw one last question sorry um, just, uh, Mikey is he, will he play next week or what's your no I think, he, I think he'll be back yeah I think he's just with injury wise so hopefully he'll pass through Tuesday night now training and then be good to go in next week Sorry, how important uh, is, uh, you know, to play for 70 minutes? Because in the first half, as you said, and they had so many goal chances. They had six shots. Now they included rebounds. But they should certainly have got one or two goals. They didn't. So he was still in the game at halftime. So how, how, is it, how important is it to play from the start this time? And no, to get yeah. in front and against Kildare? No, you're right. We had I think, three goal chances. But like you can't. I suppose it says a lot about the defence as well. There was no going through the amount of bodies that everyone has back. And I think it's... like. You don't see too much now in championship, four or five goals, I know, what Wexford game there yeah, in the yeah. league, but you know, everyone has showed up the defences very like there's something wrong if you're getting more than two or three goals on a team and I suppose look Carlo they're they're flying it last week and yeah. Killeer, I'm sure they'll have showed up their defence today. I haven't seen the result yet. But uh, no it is, it's important to take, especially one or two chances. Like a goal there would have swung it. I'd say either way, that's it, that would yes. turn the game. Well, Stephen, speaking of that, the intensity of the Joe Mac, the big thing is the turnaround for these teams in the Joe Mac because they're not the water versus the Kenny's the Galways. So it's what this has taken out of your team, out of Tom's team heading into next week that's the big concern isn't it with the short turnaround no you're right I thought it was a bit strange to give they put three matches and then a gap and then two like when we had we could have done maybe two gap week yeah. one it should it could have been spaced out like we'd have played three games probably before the championship even starting Lee McCarthy and um, yeah I suppose you know what it's strange too but I think last year the biggest thing for me was the panel and we have a panel this year which is great I mean we brought in three or four finishers today that we didn't have last week yeah. but the panel is massive it's the only way it works maybe the same as Lee McCarthy but uh, no we'll reset we're good to go and we'll look forward to Killeer now next week good to talk to you thanks a million no, thanks, thanks, Stephen. Stephen. good to meet you thanks a million cheers thanks Stephen man. Mark well done I, t- I think uh, all I can say is you'd have to be happy with that. Five twenty and a splendid second half. Yeah, I suppose. Look, happy with the with the second half, definitely. Particularly the first twenty minutes of it, or first fifteen minutes of it. Scoreline, yeah, happy to score five twenty. Brendan, probably being honest, unhappy to concede three twenty. But look, it's nice to have something to work on as well. Uh, but look, I suppose I said it like it's, it's it, to win today is just a, a nice feel good factor. I suppose after last week, you know, so the last, it's nice to get a boost like that for them. Yeah, it looks like, you know, looking at the two teams today, you put yourself into a good position winning the match, but I think something tells me or might tell you that you'll probably be meeting one another somewhere down along the road again. Yeah, and that's uh, that's the thing with uh, with the uh, round robin. You know, it's it's great and I really uh, support it. And uh, the the fact that there's a number of matches now for the players is great. But look, yeah, you 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 you're likely to meet one another at some stage down the road if you're to progress through the championship. And uh, 
Yeah, I suppose, look, I mean, you just have to take it as a separate match when it, when it happens, and I've no doubt if we meet Galway again, we're, in, we're going to be in for an awful battle, you know. You certainly will. Now, you, while well, you might be uh, disappointed conceding 320, you did create a lot more chances. You could have probably scored seven goals only for Dara Walsh and the Galway goal as well. He brought us some terrific saves, and you did create the chances. Your bench worked well also. Yeah, we, we, I suppose, look, it's a bit soon to be reflecting on it, uh, but I, I think, yeah, the bench did seem to have an impact. Uh, and I think uh, Dara Walsh had a, a fantastic game, but I, I, I suppose it's important to mention Stephen, Stephen Minogue for ourselves. I thought he was excellent as well. And, you know, with Stephen being excellent, uh, tells his own story. I thought Galway had chances, particularly in the last 15 minutes there. Um, maybe one or two flew over the crossbar, could have went in, and Stephen dealt well with one or two as well, you know. What pleased you most about the whole performance over the 75, 76 minutes plus, Mark? Uh, well, look, I'm only after coming out of the dressing room, and I suppose what I said to the lads is that what pleased me most is that the lads haven't got too high about winning the match you know they've just taken it on uh, on board and they'll move on straight away there's no, no one in there jumping around or, or shouting or anything um, so that's pleasing and look I suppose our first in relation to the match I suppose our first 15-20 minutes of the second half was very pleasing certainly was short turnaround next Saturday UPMC in Olin Park so no rest for the wicket as the lad says no and it's great and I, like I mean I, I, I know you can look maybe maybe the game's come a bit too tight but I think for the lads it's great Um you know, everyone wants to be playing matches. You know, you do enough training and the ratio of training to matches can be a bit lopsided. So, like, to be getting matches week in, week out, it can test panels all right and injuries can become a problem. But I think ultimately, look, this is what the lads train for. This is what they play for. Um, and, you know, going into, please God, what will be a full Nolan Park with the senior match and all next week is great for these lads. OK, busy times ahead. Hopefully it keeps going for you, Mark. <laughs> keep us all in a job and keep yourself going. But well done today. It's great. Great display and uh, great to see the lads scoring 5.20 and winning against Offaly, or winning against to- uh, Galway in Offaly today. So well done. Brilliant. OK, Come thanks, Brendan. Well done. Good, good to see you. Well yeah, done. Come on you yourself. Well done. Yourself, well done. Now I'm joined by Limerick legend Ollie Moore to reflect on his county's National Hurling League victory last weekend against Kilkenny and to look ahead to the start of the provincial championships. Ollie, how are you? Morning, Robbie. Um, Ollie, what did you make of the league final last Sunday, first of all? A brilliant victory for Limerick, of course. Disappointing from our point of view in Kilkenny. Yeah, um, it was a strange one, really, because I suppose, uh, from a Limerick perspective, first of all, look, I think uh, choice of venue probably didn't help in the sense of um, you know, from a neutral's point of view, you'd, you'd have preferred maybe something like Thurlis, but look, uh, uh, it was, it was, and uh, we went down there uh, hoping to win another league. So from a Limerick perspective, obviously, the performance was very, very pleasing. Um, insofar as they won and won, you know, let's be honest, it was, it was pretty emphatic. Uh, from a Kilkenny perspective, um, you know, it was disappointing. There's no point in beating about the bush. I think the first 15 minutes were positive enough and uh, you know there was a lot of uh, a lot of good good um, exchanges but uh, I suppose I suppose following on from that it, it kind of petered out completely like and you know for a finish it was it was like a, a parade really and insofar as you know the game was over almost after after 10 minutes of the second half to was, was, was kind of going through the motion stuff from that point if you look at the spectacle I'll be honest it was very Disappointing, maybe for the neutral. Obviously, pleading from Limerick point of view, uh, their shooting wasn't good, and I think John Kiley uh, referenced that after the match. But other than that, I think I think they did everything. I think that's what the most positive and the most positive for the league for Limerick has been that their some of their newcomers have really, really come to the fore. In particular, Carl O'Neill and um, Colin Coughlin have been have been excellent uh, in any games they've been brought on. Like so, so definitely, uh, twas twas positive, but. Um, but that was my sense uh, from from a Limerick perspective, anyway. Do you think they laid down a marker? Maybe not with the performance as such, but more so the result, the fact that they were so dominant. Yeah, but I think that's been the trend in in most of the games they've played, other than maybe the Cork game, which is the first game of the league this year. I think I think Limerick. You know, I've been to you know practically all all the matches except that game, and in every game they've been very very emphatic, as I said. Um, yeah, I think, uh, you know, normally when Kilkenny and Limerick play, you know, you expect Kilkenny to really come at it at 100%. You know, no different to the All-Ireland final last year. That game could have gone, if anything, maybe Kilkenny were, were, were you know, for the most part, marginally the better team, except for one or two exceptional performances. Maybe Limerick might have gotten over the line. Like, But in general, um, I think, you know, Kilkenny always bring a huge, huge level of intensity and I suppose that was that was lacking, and maybe it was because Limerick were, 
just so strong on the day or appear to be so strong on the day um, it's, it's a hard one but I think in general I think Limerick's league campaign has been like that like uh, you know that Wexford game which was a non-event the Clare game was a non-event Tipperary game was definitely probably their 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 biggest challenge um, certainly in the league but uh, look it, it begs the obvious question uh, you know who who's trying in the league you know what I mean what can you take from the league like you know if you're looking at, at, at a league as a form guide you know, you'd be you'd be very naive based on the last um, you know the last number of years. You know what I mean? So, so, so I suppose that's the that's the conundrum you're in. You know, do you do you, do you take performance in the league series when it comes to the championship? The fact that the championship is kind of coming up so soon after the league. You know what I mean? So it's a it's a hard one from that point of view. You mentioned it there that there's been a lot of new players and younger players integrated into this Limerick panel, but also maybe kind of. You mentioned also with regards to the league that you can't take it too seriously, maybe on the surface or whatever. With that in mind, there was a feeling, I suppose, at the end of last year that maybe the gap was closing between the chase and pack and Limerick. And now there's a feeling maybe that it has widened even more. Where do you stand on that? Do you think the likes of Kilkenny and other counties are getting closer or further away from Limerick? Yeah, like I said earlier on, I, you know, I just think it, it, it's a very difficult one to gauge because you just don't know what's happening um, behind the scenes versus what you're seeing in league matches. And and that's look, as I said, uh, okay, on the face, which you might argue that you know Limerick are certainly way ahead um, on the face, but uh, you know, last year. Uh, who would have thought, for instance, that you know Clare would make the run that they made? Like you know, I, I saw Galway in some of their league games last year. It was very, very mixed. But yet, they probably should have picked Limerick in the semi-final this year. And and the same with Kilkenny. And, and then you had, you know, a Watford and Cork who, who who got to the league final last year and 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 really didn't feature at all. Um, you know, when it came to championship, like so. Uh, so uh, as I say, okay, in the face of which uh, Limerick appear to be way ahead. Look, I would say that they're definitely in a better position than they were this time twelve months ago, and I think everyone in Limerick would acknowledge that. Everyone uh, who's close to the group, I won't say within the group, but close to the group would uh, would say that too. And obviously, having Peter Casey and having Keane Lynch back to full health, and the addition, as I said, of Colin Cochran and Carl O'Neill, who are a year further down the track, like that's definitely after 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 adding to it. Like so, from that point of view. I think it's going to take a fair team uh, to beat him. But uh, the big question mark is what's really going on behind the scenes and and, and what, are, what are teams doing to prep for Limerick? Like I think a lot of teams are probably setting themselves up now that if we're going to have a crack off Limerick later on, they're going to come up with something different. And um, and I think obviously they're not going to be showing their hand in the last, in the last number of weeks in the league matches and stuff. And then the other team, of course, was Kilkenny. What have you made of them so far, getting to a league final, but then a disappointing performance and result? Yeah, it was. But uh, look, I, I don't know if Derek can be all that disappointed. He'd, look, he'll definitely be disappointed at the nature of the performance because that's the most un-Kilkenny-like performance. You know, uh, Kilkenny will always give you, no matter if they're, if they're not at full strength, you're always going to get a certain level of intensity off them. So I know even the Kilkenny people that were around me last Sunday, I think that that, that was the one thing that, that really, really hurt. Um, you know, not so much the result, but, but I think just the nature of the performance. But in general, I think it's been a good league. Uh, obviously, there's a transition from, from the Brian Cody era and, and that's going to take a a while to, to integrate maybe uh, Derek's own thoughts and and look I suppose there's a certain um, you know the way the game is going now that that, that you know Kilkenny have their traditional values and I suppose they're trying to transition to to uh, the new way of hurling but by the same token trying to uh, trying to retain what's what's typically Kilkenny you know what I mean so like that in itself is going to be a challenge but um, you know, personnel wise uh, I think the Ireland final last year showed that there's certainly no shortage of, of talent in, in Kilkenny uh, I think you, you have a very important player to come back into the mix then who, who makes everything happen as well and, and uh, you know TJ is so instrumental and, and integral to that Kilkenny team like that that he will he will bring a certain dimension all all on its own as well, you know what I mean? So so I think from that point of view, um, I think Derek will probably have said, Look, we got we want to get out of the league, we got very competitive matches, a lot of fellas have gotten a lot of game time um that may not have otherwise had gotten it, maybe had Belly Hale not had the run they had, like so I think that's a very positive thing. And you've got a lot of young fellas too that are coming in getting getting quality game time. 
um, and that they may not otherwise have gotten. Like so, so look, I think all in all, uh, look, I wouldn't be overly concerned from a from a Kilkenny perspective. I think the performance aspect of it will be addressed, but uh, I think in general they're, they're they're certainly on the right trajectory. And as they showed last year, Kilkenny got better and better. And as I said, if if if, if I were right, they probably could have come out. Uh, uh, on the right side of the result last year, you know what I mean. So, so I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be hitting the penny button just yet down down north side anyway. I don't, I don't think anybody is just yet. <laughs> but wh- where do you think Kilkenny rank in terms of contenders to try and end Limerick's reign of dominance? And who are the counties that you're looking at in particular that maybe pose the biggest threat to Limerick? Like, look, I'll, I'll be honest with you. Uh, I think, I think yourselves are are the biggest threat, and I've said that um, locally here. Because I think Kilkenny have maybe the attributes to take Limerick on more than anyone else has. Uh, you know, I think uh, I think when they have their full complement uh, physically, they'll certainly be able to compete. They proved in last year's All Ireland final that you know they they have the um, you know the personnel to do it, and I suppose they have the fitness and the stamina to go toe to toe with Limerick as well. And I just think, as I said, there's there's you know. Uh, and so they've always been a big advocate of the way Kilkenny play. Like they're very direct. Uh, you know, they don't dilly dally too much, or whatever. And I think, I think that that that's the only way of taking on Limerick is, is you can't be over uh, elaborating on the ball. Kilkenny don't over elaborate. You know, they trust themselves on 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 uh, on one on one situations. And I think I think that's really what what they need to revert back to and, and do what they're good at, but bring that level of intensity and physicality. And that's the reality for any team who's going to contend. Um, uh, this year with Limerick, they, like they have to be able to match that level of intensity, not for fifty-five or sixty minutes. It's for seventy-five or eighty minutes, really. You know what I mean? So, so, uh, so, so, so I see them as being the biggest threat. Um, I think Galway. There's very little talk about them. Again, um, I think they had a very positive year last year. Henry is going to add another dimension. Again, he's very, very clever, and 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 Richie O'Neill there in the background there as well with him. You know what I mean? They're two very astute guys. Uh, they'll they, they'll be kind of plotting their course as well. I think I think they'll be a huge threat. And again, look, I suppose within Munster, you just don't know. Look, Cork, you don't know what you're going to get with Cork. Cork in the league and Cork in the championship are two different animals. Um, I think, as I said, Clare definitely will be one kick. Uh, probably by Lawns last year there. Like so, so so they'd maybe be the teams that I'd see really. You know, probably offering the sternest resistance, but but I think look, ultimately, when all is said and done, I think Kilkenny are, are maybe the one team best equipped to to really have a crack off Limerick. And just finally, Ollie, I'd be interested to get your opinion on this subject because the contrast between when you were playing with Limerick and maybe the way Hurling is played now is kind of incredible I think you alluded to it slightly a little bit earlier on what do you make of the new style of Hurling and all the commentary around that some people saying maybe it's not as exciting as it used to be do you have an opinion on that? I do and I suppose like <laughs> people and you meet fellas of my generation you're kind of nodding your head watching the game and I suppose okay look so so you know, people said the game evolves, and of course the game evolves. And uh, look, skill levels at the moment are absolutely off the charts. You know what I mean? Like they're they're you know the way guys are are, are controlling the ball, like the the um, you know I suppose just the percentage of mistakes that are made now is so so low relative to when we played. Um, so so like and, and even the level of precision, I suppose, is the one big thing. Everything is very well choreographed, and you know it's a, probably a coach's dream. But look. Uh, state the obvious like as a spectacle I would argue that it's nothing like as exciting as it was 10, 15, 20 years ago you know what I mean like there's no 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 look <laughs> you watch some of the videos back and you say Jesus Christ some of the hurling here is, is, is brutal altogether like, but I suppose in terms of uh, engaging spectators and the one-on-one combat and you know, kind of, I suppose, as a fellow said to me, it was nearly the mistakes at times nearly, nearly, nearly led to the excitement levels, like, because you just didn't know what was coming next. Like, and even just to give you an example there, I was watching our own minor team, and they're very well coached and very, very good group, but uh, they were playing clear there a couple of weeks ago, and God almighty, that was over and back. The amount of lateral passing, there seemed to be no 30, 40, 50 yard pass at all. 
all very precise, passing in, in very tight bunches. And I just thought maybe as a spectacle, um, you know, to, it, it just wasn't a good spectacle. And, and that, that that's the trend, unfortunately. I've seen some of the 21 matches as well in the last number of years. Or there are 20 matches, should I say. Uh, and they're, look, uh, they're, they're difficult, I suppose, for people that have watched the game o- over a period of time to, to maybe, uh, you know, to, to, to really get excited about and enthused about, you know what I mean? So, so, so yeah. Look, uh, I'm not going to make the case that our hurling was brilliant and, and hurling today isn't because, as I said, their levels of physicality, their levels of skill, precision um, are all probably way ahead of, the, of, of where they were. But I suppose just in terms of uh, entertainment value and as a spectacle, uh, I'm just not so sure. Joining me here in the studio. It's not Robbie Dowling. No, he doesn't work Sundays. It's someone better. Someone better. Mr. Kieran Byrne from John Locks. Kieran, thanks very much for coming in, sir. Afternoon, Shane. Great to be here. Thanks very much. Yes, it's an enthralling thing that you have coming up here in the terms of a championship forecast. Absolutely. So, um, what the job? This is our second year running this one for for the John Locks GA Club in Callan. We have a Leinster and Munster hurling championship forecast uh, prediction game that we um, have been running for uh, the last couple of weeks, and obviously the games are starting next Saturday. So we want to try and get as many entries in as we can, and what we do is we have a form either on paper or online I'll get to the online details in a second where we ask people to predict the results of each of the games and uh, who would be the winner of each of the championships so we try and uh, get some uh, best predictions from folks that may or may not be accurate sometimes they're good sometimes they're not but see how you go right yeah we were in here in the office when we seen the, the it's a really nicely set up page it's quite easy to use uh, for, for a lot of people because we know that some people might technologically might be adverse to, to doing it but very easy to use and we were doing our own little predictions here on Scoreline and going well I don't know about that game though <laughs> yeah, well, that's what we'll do Shane we might get you a couple of predictions before, before we finish today right <laughs> uh, what we did when we did it online uh, was to we, we the feedback we had from last year was our form wasn't great and we, we, some people um, weren't quite of understanding how we wanted the games to work so when we did our online form people can only choose one of the options either a home win or an away win or a draw and the draws are always the tricky one right and people fill in their entries for each of the games they give us the important bit which is the tiebreaker how many goals they think will be scored in totality in the two championships right so that we get a, a, some varying numbers some are quite small some are quite high that's always an interesting number to see and we use that in the event of tiebreaker to determine who a winner might be who is the closest number of goals You mentioned it was the, you had the first year last year um, maybe some technical difficulties but all in all how did it generate much revenue for the club? Uh, absolutely so uh, we, we definitely recovered our costs in terms of uh, because this is what funds the, the prize money that goes out we, we made a little bit of money for the club we had um, uh, uh, probably about a couple of hundred entries in total one of the challenges with that was because we didn't have an online version last year we had to go around and click them all on paper and get them back and in time and one of the tricky parts there is we have to enter them all into a, into a system so that we can find the results and getting them in before the first games was important because you don't want to give anybody kind of an unfair advantage so this year having the online version they're all captured in advance that just cuts off automatically before the first game so it makes our lives a lot easier and we've kind of we've overcome those technical challenges because uh, we, we learned from last year which is great it's a great experience right and we, we, we did raise some money for the club which is great and we're trying to do that again this year and we do it just say uh, for people that have a scope because we all know that clubs need to raise money whether wh- whatever discipline that you're in with what, what is that directly funneling, funneling into so in, in John Locke specifically what we do is, so we have the maintenance upkeepings of our grounds um, we have uh, two two fine pitches out there in Cadden which are be our 40th anniversary this year actually we're looking to celebrate that and so in some way and we look for um uh uh, gear for the for the players, right? So we had some some successful under 15s and under 13 teams last year, and we we got them some kind of jerseys for themselves, and we we did that in relation to our, our sponsors, our primary sponsors in in, in Callan would be uh, the co-op, and we it, it goes to uh, kind of for kids who might not have Hurleys, or uh, we do a boot swap, and we've lots of other interesting things that we do down there that we try and self fund ourselves to make sure that we don't draw too much on um, any other funding that may or may not be available. We try and keep the club going by being self sufficient ourselves, and this is one of the important important fundraiser uh, points to it and it's it's topical because the lead, the championships are obviously coming up this year. Just while I have you, you mentioned the under 15s there. You were out in the failure yesterday? Yeah, I did, uh, unfortunately a disappointing uh, loss to, to James Stevens at uh, two points in the final, in the Division 1 final but they, they, in fairness the lads played their heart out. It was a it was a great game. I, I wasn't there myself but one of our our, um, our, sec- our juvenile secretary was 
posting some updates as the games were going along. So it was it was just unfortunate. James Stevens have a really strong team. I can sense a lot more battles with those two teams in the future, and you know they, they might be as close next time. Fingers crossed, right? We might come up with a couple of wins. Well, James Stevens and myself. I'm sorry to say, <laughs> <laughs> sorry to say, <laughs> <laughs> you're a Mayo man yourself. I'm a Mayo man originally. Yeah, originally from Mayo. I moved to Callan here back back in back in the year 2000. Right, so I've, I'm I'm here a long time, but uh, disappointing with the loss against Roscommon last weekend. Right, but that does mean it's going to be a very interesting Connacht Championship this year right so I'll be following that one with a bit, a bit of interest I have to say from afar but following yeah. on the following the Christy ring there today as well lost to me yes, that was the final score I'm just letting you know it was uh, 220 to 24 points uh, right, there you hard go. luck to the lads in but there you go right but you're coming down for, uh, from me I just kind of goes to show what a community effort the GEA really is that you can ingrain yourself within the, the club when you're yeah, coming down for sure and uh, like been from Mayo a hurling would not have been the, or a hurl would not have been the first kind of sporting instrument I would have picked up and I have to say um, it was my own young, young fella who was playing in Callan uh, when he started at the age of six and that got me into meeting other people in the club and when you're willing to put your hand up as I was at the time the club were very welcoming to say you know okay you might not be a sporting expert but you can certainly help out in other ways and that's why we're talking today because the the website that we might give out the, the address for in a couple of minutes for the forecaster is something that I was able to contribute to help the club it doesn't put me under a lot of pressure to do something like that but it's it's definitely an easy way to fundraise that's not traditional for a club like like John Loxing in, in Callan so it makes it um, that's my contribution right and as you say it's very easy for a community to come and help and, and work around whatever services might be available um, just while we get into obviously it's the Inter-County Championship that we're looking yep. at um, but uh, when we had the draw for the Kilkenny Championship there recently John Locks against coming Wingap, up against Wingap, Wingap. Yeah, it's going to be uh, uh, <laughs> so again not, not been from Callan originally I believe there might be a little bit of history oh, just a tad yeah. there, right? so I've heard a couple of uh, ex-refs saying they'll come back and ref, especially come back to ref that game right? That'll they be might a, need to they, they might earn their money in that they one definitely they'll earn their money that day right? uh, going back then into the Leinster Senior Championship and the Munster Senior Championship this is isn't almost like when people do a last man standing in, say, soccer. This is you're getting them all from the start. Correct. Yeah. So, the, so the the way the, the the competition would work, Shane, is um, all the games are listed, right, and the dates that they're played, and we ask people, as we say, to to pick, and they're they're listed in order of home and away, regardless of where the game is played. We ask people to predict the winner of the game, uh, not not the scores, just the winner. Is it a home or an away win, or potentially even a draw? And we allocate some points, or the computer system that we developed allocates points based on whether you have a home win or an away win. And when the uh, entries are closed, um, there's a league table effectively that's published of Shane is at the top, he might have 10 points and Caron is next and he might have 9 points and people can follow along uh, online um, once the once the games actually start. And what we do, it's it's, um, it's a, a clever way of doing it or maybe not so clever depending on how you're asking. When we get to perhaps the third or fourth rounds we actually turn that off so people can't follow they have to remember their own <laughs> predictions so that they can guess uh, geez, I definitely had a winner there and I might have the points but we keep it till the end because we need to validate the entries as well to make sure that they are actually correct before we uh, actually announce the winner and uh, you, so you obviously had a winner there last year did you have someone that was quite close to getting all the, all the games uh, we had su- surprising enough actually it's the people who get the draws correct are the ones who actually get to the top of the list there was somebody I think within about four or five points of wow. the actual possible top scorer so that was really interesting so what that told me I, I, I can't remember the gentleman's name but they put an awful lot of time and effort into what the predictions actually might be and a lot of history comes into play on uh, you know perhaps teams of the past or they might have had a particular kind of um, impact in, in years past but then you have to look at some of the up and coming teams I mean Limerick are there right in the Munster Championship they're probably going to do quite well you'd have to say and people will be choosing them based on that but again you, you never know right it's 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 a, every game is different right it certainly is and we're looking forward to kind of kicking it off, especially with uh, Kilkenny and Westmead, that's going to be our live game from 6 o'clock there but you have all the fixtures there, even just uh, if you want to know what the fixtures are exactly. it's, a, it's a nice way it's to nice go, way have to you got that. many people involved so far? Uh, we probably have um, about 80 or 85 entries at this point we're looking for as many as we can because again it all all the money is goes to support the club um, we'd like to predict you know there might be a couple of hundred at this stage if we could get it on now there's only a week to go we try and encourage people to do it online to the stage because the paper forms have to be got to somebody in return that, that just is a little bit of a logistical challenge so online uh, particularly because it's online as well it's worldwide right we've reached out to as many John Locks and other GA people uh, throughout the world to try and enter and we've had oh, a couple of so just it's not places. just the John Locks it's not just in John Locks it's anywhere in the world we've had somebody enter from Australia at this point it's great right <laughs> it's nice to know that they're keeping tabs on what's absolutely, happening back for home for sure for sure yeah, absolutely definitely. Uh, well it's, it sounds incredibly interesting we'll be keeping up to date with it we'll be putting an article out as well we'll have a link to it during the week but you can sign up 
before the championship starts yeah. and there's possibility some nice prize money there yeah absolutely can I mention the prize money go yeah. for it so there's a, the total fund of prize money is 1000 euros the first prize is 500 euros then we're down to 300 euros for second place and 200 euros for third and a nominal fee to enter absolutely. as well Kieran, it's been an absolute pleasure getting Great. to speak Thanks to you so much, yeah. Appreciate no that. doubt we'll be talking to someone from John Locks and indeed Wine Gap ahead of that big championship absolutely. game no dates confirmed as of yet but yeah best of luck with it all Great, thanks, Sue. Case Thursday, April 20th from 3 to 8 p.m. Sample our refreshments and sweet treats and take a sneak peek at what we have to offer for your special day. Email events at kilkennyormond.com to book a one-on-one appointment or call in to the Kilkenny Ormond Wedding Showcase Thursday, April 20th, 3 to 8 p.m. Charge into summer with TUI. Secure your holiday today with savings for families and adults flying from Dublin, Cork and Shannon. Holiday sorted. TUI. Live happy. It's almost four o'clock. Time for your free tyre checkup at Philip Ireland Tyres, Killian Hill, Kilkenny. We fit quality tyres. 056 9057. Across Carlow and Kilkenny and worldwide at KCLR96FM.com. Shem Kelly, is that one that got away on you? League two B final coming away with a draw again, Cork? Yeah, I think I think it was, yeah. I think um well the great thing about today was last day we played them we lost by eight points and we didn't bring the performance. Today we brought the performance, the work rate, the fight, and I think with a, a bit of luck at the end we could we could have pulled away with it. But look, um that's the way the games go, that's the way the breaks go. We'll just have to get our heads ready and take them on again in a week's time. We chatting to Laura earlier on. You got a fantastic start, a goal and a point within the first four minutes, the goal coming within the first minute as well. Couldn't have started any better. No, like and that's what we spoke about in the week leading up to it was um, you know getting that early start getting the shots when they're there take the opportunities early on the last day I spoke to you we spoke about not taking opportunities today we learned from that and we took them when they were on and in fairness from there on then we pushed on probably the last 10 minutes of the first half the game started to slip and Cork started to push on a bit you could see that bit of experience they had at that time but look as Laura's dead right that, that goal in the first couple of seconds really set the tempo for the game The goal before half time though was certainly a soccer punch for yourselves because while you may have been under a small little bit of pressure Cork really didn't threaten the goal and that small little bit of a mistake just before half time gave Cork an opening just before the break so instead of a five point lead you only had a two point Yeah look it did and, and, and in fairness to, to the girl that went onto the ball when it hit the, it, it bobbled a slight honour and it got away on her you know what I mean but again the thing was she shook it off got her head right and we kept pushing on we could have very easily from that goal got deflated stood down and let Cork drive on but they didn't like what are we going to take out today is a learning that when the pressure is on we can hold our own we can keep the fight there and everyone throughout the field and the guards that came on they, 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 kept, they, kept, they kept the game going they kept the pressure on they kept the tempo in the game as best they could and the one dirty ball you know what I mean they, I, I couldn't fault the backs throughout the game they hooked they blocked they turned over they came out with ball you know what I mean they, were, they should be very proud of themselves your work rate was phenomenal far better like you said than the day again Cork because I know you were disappointed that day next week now coming in you have the same opposition again what do you do differently coming into the game like I suppose the first thing is look we're going to go away and let the girls just settle down after this game they should be proud of themselves they're disappointed they're good but they're also happy also if, if you know where I'm coming from it's going to be a challenge to get back up and get our heads right to take on the same opposition again you know and whichever team can get that right over the next seven days will come out with, with, with the league title you know and that's, that's the challenge as coaches and managers and players um, we're going to have but isn't it a great challenge to have to have this opportunity to see can you get yourself up again for the same challenge Do you need to be a bit more clinical and work on that during the the week that when you are ahead and you have teams on the ropes in certain times with a lot of possession that you need to start putting them away a lot quicker? Yeah, I do. I I, I think when we say clinical I'd say clinical all over the field I do think that at times we're overusing the ball we're not moving the ball quick enough like if we get the ball in quick you know we're, we're able to do a bit, put, put cork backs under pressure you can see when we're overusing or giving the extra pass and the big thing is we're missing the primary position that we're dropping to the ground and cork swarm you so quickly like again as I said they're, they're training like a senior team they're playing like a senior team you make a mistake they're in top of you if we can improve on that it's going to be hard to improve on in a week but if we can improve on a long term you know, next time we meet Cork in Championship, it's going to be a serious battle down that road, you know. Well, from a neutral point of view, it was an absolutely fantastic game to play. Condition-wise, out there, uh, pitch and condition of the, the pitch here, not complaining about commer- or uh, Clamell commercials or anything, but like there was a lot of weeds and everything on the pitch. Now, I know they find it hard to find venues, <coughs> like, but pitch-wise, were the players saying anything even at half-time? No, look, <laughs> into the day, they came here to play the game. They weren't going to let anything distract them. You know, the, the pitch is the same for both teams, using all cliché. Um, the girls just got 
get on with it. And you saw that out there, like the spectacle. And like, if you saw that spectacle with the pitch, that maybe a bit small, a bit cut up. Imagine the spectacle if you got him in Crow Park down the road. You know what I mean? And that's 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 the ambition for both teams. Kilkenny and Cork and all is, is get to that distance. But look, the girls are playing on the side of the mountain. That's their attitude now. They just want to play. They want to represent. And now they know that they're able to mix it with the best teams in it. Like you know, so we're we're happy enough, but we we're not running away with ourselves either. There's there's still a lot of things to work on, and that's what we're going to focus on over the next few days. Well, well done. Best luck next week. Now we'll leave you off. You can head to it. Thanks very much, Martin. I'll talk soon. <laughs> I'm delighted to be joined in studio by Maria Godden. She won the 100 metre and 200 metre backstroke at the Irish Open, qualified for the European Under-23 Championship, and she's up for selection for the World Championships in Japan, of all places, both of which are next August. Also studying down in Limerick, coached by one of my good friends, Mr. Michael McCarthy. I'm delighted to be joined in studio by Maria. Maria, thanks very much for coming in. Thanks, Shane. Thanks for having me in. Uh, apologies for calling you Maria. That's OK. <laughs> Don't worry about it. How pleased were you with the Irish Open, uh, coming back with gold medals? Yeah, I was delighted. Um, I felt a lot of pressure leading up to this competition that I didn't realise that I had until now you know almost two weeks later I can feel like the relief off my shoulders um as you said I came home with two gold medals the 200 backstroke I don't want to say that I was expecting it but I was quite confident heading into that race but um to come out on top in the 100 meter as well you know I beat Olympian Danielle Hill so for me that was a big win in my book so I was delighted you're going up against Olympians and you're talking about not realizing that the pressure was on your shoulders until after the fact was there something then that you used as a tool to deal with the pressure coming into this or are you well versed at this stage? I think, um, you know, there's always going to be pressure. People are always watching you. You know, you have younger swimmers coming up and they want to see you succeed. My parents were there, my family were there, but I think the most important thing is just practicing. You know, I've raced abroad a lot over the last couple of years and I was actually in Luxembourg there in January and again racing against you know Olympic gold medalists so you kind of get used to racing at high calibre meets and it's really just about practice to be honest. And when you're talking about practice then the fact that you're confident with your backstroke would it be safe to say that that would probably be your favourite and therefore strongest event? Yeah, definitely. I think even from a young age, um, obviously everyone can swim on their front, but you know, to have someone age eight, nine and ten comfortable swimming on their back where they can't see where they're going. And that was always something that I never really thought about. I just enjoyed, you know, um, doing something a little bit different. And yeah, just like practicing with that. So the, when you're training, then obviously you're doing something overall and you're doing general kind of uh, uh, specific training mm-hmm. cater to yourself so with the backstroke obviously different muscle groups are, are used is that all factored into your training because that's your strongest event do you continue to try and pursue that particular event and favour that in your training or is it as it's kind of you're trying to do it for all the different types of women that you're I think um, at club level anyway they try and develop all the strokes so I was in Kilkenny Swimming Club up till my leaving certs up to age 18 um, coached by head coach John Duffy there and we develop all the strokes so you do the four strokes um, butterfly, backstroke, breaststroke and freestyle but then I always kind of favoured as you said the backstroke and now I'm in college and there's I think almost 25 of us down training in the National Centre in Limerick so we have a team of coaches there's like four or five coaches between swimming, S&C, physio and nutritionists and we're all kind of catered to specially. So you'd have the distance swimmers and then you have kind of like the individual strokes and then you'd have the sprinters. So like our gym programs and our swimming programs are all catered towards that. So I think our swimming sessions would be between five and seven kilometers per session. And then we're doing, you know, nine or 10 of those a day or nine or 10 of those a week. Sorry, not a day. (laughs) It always fascinated me, the swimming culture, because Mm. I was, a lot of people might be unaware of the actual investment that goes into it because being from Kilkenny, being in the swimming club, there's only a certain amount of places that you'll be able to participate in a big swimming pool and that would be the watershed, Mm -hmm. I would imagine. Exactly. And uh, we had, is it the... St. James's that used to be the swimming pool where people used to be able Mm -hmm. to compete and it was a bit longer and stuff but to have the full facilities of the watershed you need to be up at incredibly early times you need to be up at 5am yeah maybe you're not experiencing that in you well but the the discipline that that ingrains in you is obviously coming to fruition now definitely you know from a young age um, I was part of Kilkenny Swimming Club I think I joined the top squad when I was 10 so from the age of 10 I've been getting up at half 4 in the morning um, so definitely it's a lot of early bedtimes, you know, nights out or sleepovers or, you know, group social activities as part of school friends that I 
couldn't go to. And same even now in college, we um, came up with a, a, a drinking ban from January to now, which isn't doesn't really affect me I wouldn't really be involved in that sort of thing but you know for the whole group we decided to be disciplined for the whole year and just kind of see where that got us so every night I try and be in bed by 10 o'clock and then I'm up at half five now so an, an extra hour as part of college but no definitely in Kilkenny I was used to getting up at half four and my younger sister Nessa she's still doing that for another two years till she's in college so obviously you're doing it for the 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 individual aspect of it but you're also doing it for your country as mm-hmm. well because you're looking to represent Ireland at the highest level you're going to now go to the European under 23 championships in August you have two gold medals now mm-hmm. around your neck like what are you going to be first of all competing in over there and what will your aims be when you're there yeah so it's actually been four years since I've raced for Ireland at European level um between covid and my leaving cert and I obviously I did well last year but this year I've kind of made the the next jump as you said onto European level so the under 23s is actually the first under 23 championship for swimming that's ever been held yeah and it's really really exciting because it's in Dublin this year so the inaugural meet is being held on Irish soil which I'm really excited about because hopefully then all my friends and family will come too but um, I'm selected to compete in the 100 and 200 meter backstroke and then potentially some relays as well so I'm really looking forward to that. And the, the relay aspect of it obviously is a bit more of a team mm-hmm. kind of part of it. How do you find working with, with, with other people? Are these people that you're training with down in UL or are these people from all around the country and you get kind of picked to represent them and you mightn't be too acutely aware of each other from a, from a team bonding aspect? I think the swimming community, obviously it's large in terms of the amount of clubs and swimmers and people all over the country who are involved but at a really high level, there's a select number of swimmers that I'm quite familiar with because we've been racing and competing and our friends probably from the age of 12, 13 onwards. So I know there are a few guys down in Limerick because there'll be mixed relays and then um, single sex relays as well. So the mixed relay perspective, I've been competing with you know the boys and the girls on mixed relays before. So hopefully it shouldn't be too bad. Um, and then the girls as well I would be familiar with training and racing against them as well so it shouldn't be too bad it sounds incredibly exciting to, to do it at a European level where in your opinion do Ireland stand when it comes to international swimming are we up there with say the the, the teams that like America I would always think of Michael Phelps or Australia Zine Thorpe I'd think of these people are Ireland up there on that level would you imagine? I think we're getting there. Um, It's been a long time since we've had kind of top Irish athletes. There's, I'm not sure people mightn't be aware, but there's a swimmer from up the north. His name is Daniel Wiffen. Mm. And he's racing at the moment over in Sweden. And he set a time in the 1500s. He's a distance swimmer. And it's the top, the top four... He's the top four fastest all-time ever in the 1500 metres behind, like, an Olympic champion. So he's definitely on his way up. And there are other few uh, female swimmers. And I think in Limerick, it's a younger group. You know, as you said, like, we're all college students and we have people who've been to the Olympics, been to the Paralympics, training with us. I definitely think that Irish swimming is moving in the right direction. I think it's been a while since we've had kind of a few names out there but we're definitely getting there Is the facilities then getting better because I know there'd probably be a lot of travel if you want to compete in an Olympic style pool there mightn't be a, a huge amount of them within Ireland maybe two if, if I'm correct I think there's four but yeah So I'm not, not correct <laughs> <laughs> which is fine but are the facilities getting kind of uh, are you noticing a bit more of an investment within this, this sport from your level Definitely I think so you know in Limerick um, I'm on a sports scholarship which guarantees me accommodation it pays for half my fees it pays for half my college accommodation you know there's so much support there and I think that you know looking back 10 years ago there might only have been one or two swimmers on a sports scholarship and now I think there's 10 or 12 of us so definitely there's been more investment at a college level and that's really paramount to getting swimmers from junior to senior level you need somewhere where swimmers can train and also go to college you know I look out my bedroom window the pool is there I look out the other side of my bedroom window and my college is there so it's all about having the facilities there that you need and then you don't have to waste time kind of you know commuting to and from efficiency exactly um european championships then your world championships Mm -hmm. obviously there's a selection process for the world championships uh how will you know if you qualify when do you how do you qualify for that 
So I've received a letter. Um, we're still waiting on official confirmation about the European Championships, but I can say almost for certain that I will be going to those. Uh, regarding the Worlds, I missed the qualification time by a quarter of a second in the 200 backstroke and there was time trials held on the last day of the competition. So I gave it another go, but you know that's kind of a stressful situation. I can so, imagine. Yeah, unfortunately I didn't get the time, but I definitely think it's within my capabilities. Um, but there is a chance that I get to go as part of a relay. Now, again, with Danielle Hill, the, the Olympic backstroker, she is faster than me over 100 metres, so probably she will be chosen. But the fact that I beat her in the final kind of gives me a little bit of hope. But um, if not for that, there are European Championships again in Romania in December and then there's another World Championships in Doha in February. So there's still a lot to compete for even if I don't get selected this summer. And what happens then in the summer when you're no longer in college then? Do you go back to your club or do you stay down in Limerick? So we're lucky enough that as part of our scholarship we're guaranteed summer accommodation. So while all the other college students are leaving college now in four weeks till you know to be done for the summer I'll probably be staying there until mid-August um, with the other simmers as well you know we'll all be down there and I've gotten a job working on campus so hopefully then that will occupy my free time Maria how what free time <laughs> what free time so you say because obviously you're in college mm. that in itself is a stressful situation yeah. for anybody going down is this your first year I'm in second year you're in second yeah. year so you would have having to balance you're well used to now maybe doing exams from the previous year mm-hmm. so you're having to balance your academic side of things try and excel and not just excel to a normal degree excel at an international level in your chosen sport and you're working a job also mm-hmm. how are you balancing that it is really really difficult um something that i love to do is plan everything out so i write out you know my week things i have to do and kind of deadlines and stuff like that i actually have split my year this year in college um so i'm doing my second year over two years so i'm doing half the number of modules this year and then I'll do the other half of the modules next year. So that gives me a little more leniency so I can show up to training on time. And it also means I can do my college work and college assignments to 100% ability, knowing that I can, you know, give those three modules 100% rather than kind of spreading myself out over five modules. But um, it's all about time management and we have all the resources and facilities and people are there to help you if you need a little bit of extra help. Well, it's absolutely fascinating getting to talk to you. Um, It's incredibly impressive what you have uh, so far managed to do and no doubt will continue to do and excel. And we're looking forward to seeing you compete and represent our country once again, whether it be at the European Championships or World Championships, hopefully the Olympics. Uh, Incredibly impressive getting to speak to you. And this is one of your first times on radio, was it? This is my first time, yes. Do you want my job in here? (laughs) I don't think you can handle any more on your plate. Well, Maria, thank you so much for joining us here in studio. We will be looking forward to following your journey and once again as I said hopefully represented Ireland at an international level and tell your coach Mikey McCarthy I says hello I will Shane thank you very much (laughs) Maria Godden there ladies and gentlemen coming back from winning two goals a champ champ if you will at the Irish Open we'll be following her journey here on Scoreline you can be sure of it we're going to go to a quick ad break there there's lots more still to come here on Scoreline with myself Shane O'Keefe don't go anywhere You don't want to miss this man though. He is a manager, back-to-back league-winning manager, it has to be said. He has a lot more cups and trophies on the horizon as well. I'm joined by the Division 1 KCLR scoreline.ie league-winning manager. Of course, it's Eddie Clifford of St. Canis's. Eddie, how are you doing, sir? Shane O'Keefe, how are you getting on? I'm good, sir. I'm good. I'm doing better now that you're in a different division than we are anyway. Ah, <laughs> uh, you look to be fair. We got good games of you too, but yeah, well, we're moved up. Good, good times, good times, winning the league, better times, and yeah, we're happy to be where we are. Yeah, it's it's kind of been a whirlwind tenure of the club so far. Starting out in Division Three, going into Division Two, then into Division One, and then now in the Premier Division. You must be incredibly proud of the accomplishment of you and your lads. Ah, we are. Look, we, to be fair, we are. It was look a massive drive from day one in Division Three, as you said, up to Division Two and Division One. You know, it, it hasn't been easy. Um, each league take it different with different squads. Some of the players were there from day one, but like towards the squad we had in Division Three is completely different than what we have now. Like you know, we kind of adapted as we were going along. 
probably strengthening up as we're going along as well, to be fair. So, yeah, we're happy. We're delighted over the moon. It's brilliant. Like, after we came out of Division 2 up to Division 1, to go along and win Division 1 is, is massive achievement. So, like, you know, we're proud of everyone, everyone involved, players yeah. and staff. Yeah, and, and, like, the season certainly isn't over yet. You still had a league game to play today down the water barracks. We were going out to Johnstown for our game. We could see you all lining up and getting ready for that one. You were up against Evergreen, was it? Yeah, played Evergreen this morning. Um one three nil. Uh we were look, to be fair, it was a tough game. It was always going to be a tough game against Evergreen. Um but not the boys were on it. It's hard it's hard to get lads built up for a game, a league game that didn't mean a whole lot to us. Um after winning the league Wednesday night. But look, we're playing at home. We had a big support down there. It was hard to get that out of the lads in the first twenty minutes and to be fair, Evergreen hit they were you know but the game went on, our lads got into it and you know, we done well. We got the job done, three 0 win. You already had the job done anyway. You're going up against Ormond Villa. It was in the watershed though, as opposed to the water barracks and you're coming away in a midweek game. Did you get to celebrate as much? Oh we did, Chen. Yeah. <laughs> it could have been, been any day now. But yeah, look, the water barracks wasn't playable. Uh and we agreed to play it midweek. It was originally supposed to be the following week, but look, it was put back. So we went to the watershed. It was a bad day with the weather and all, but once we got... Look, the watershed was perfect. It was playable. It was perfect. We went up. It doesn't matter where you are. To win a league, you win a league. And regardless of what day it is, you want to celebrate as well. So, yeah, we did. We had plenty of celebrations when it was nice. <laughs> exactly. Well deserved. You're still in a few cup competitions as well. Um, I'm sure that you're going to be aiming to win everything. Well, we're left in the Divisional Cup. Um, we've Evergreen next week in the quarter-final. Uh, I think that game, yeah, next weekend that game is going to be on. And, um, yeah, look, it's, 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 what happened today, it's gone. Our focus now is on the Cup and our next game is Evergreen next weekend. Like this, you know, the way the scoreline today is completely different, different competition, different game whatsoever. So, yeah, we're focusing on that, but it's not going to be easy. Like any teams in that division are strong, very strong. Every one of them are strong. So there's no easy games in that. And there's there's generally not a lot of easy games in, in the league and Premier teams can attest to that when they came across the St. Canis's in previous different cup competitions as well. So, you know, they're not going to be too... No, I wouldn't say not too happy that you're coming up, but they're definitely aware of the power that St. Canis's have because it's a quite a daunting task in itself going down to the water barracks, going up against them because of the support that you're able to get from the, from the area and so forth. So you're able to push on with the skill of your players as well. So there'll be no fear of you going into the Premier Division. Uh, look, no, it'd be no fear, but it's, it's a different kettle of fish. Um, there's a target on you after coming up, um, after making a lot of noise previous years. Like, but it's a different level. And that's no disrespect to any teams in Division Two or Division One, but the teams in the in the Premier, so week in week out with that level, that intensity is completely different. And to be fair, like the standard in our league in Division One, you look at lines, lines of Doro finish at the bottom, like. The lines of Doro, there's no one going to go out and beat them handy. Like, they they had it very, very tough. Like, they, they, Freeboot was only beaten 5-4 last year mm. in, in, one, in one of the competitions. Like, and that tell you the standard that was in Division 1 this year. When you see them finishing down at the bottom, like, anyone was capable of beating anyone throughout the whole season. So, yeah, look, it's, it's a good reward to get up in the Premier after such a tough league. But... It's, it's a regroup and start again and prepare prepare for the Premier like if you can do it like it's it's different different level altogether now and uh, you're like kind of you're going to have to constantly reset your team and, and so forth but I'm sure you're already having your eyes on a few players you can stay away from my Castle Warren lads but I'm sure you have an eye on a few players as well for next season Shane there's nobody safe <laughs> <laughs> no no fear what we have is what we was is what got us there, like you know, and you know, I'm sure we'll we'll hope we're hoping to strengthen the squad, but like you know, what we have is what is what got us there, and we'll drive on with that, and any new additions would be a bonus, but like yeah, we have plans, we have plans, and we go with those plans, and all we can do is prepare, and hopefully it works out. 
And what were you saying? Um, or sorry, not what were you saying? The, the KDL came out and said that they're going to be uh, making the four divisions into three divisions. Now you, you you were going to get promoted anyway, but you would have end, may have ended up in the Premier Division. But as a whole, it just seems to be a positive considering the numbers that were competing in the four divisions for the past year. How did you find it in Division One in terms of the amount of games that you got to play? Uh, well, look, that was that was a major issue at the start. Like, I mean. You know, with registrations going up. Look, the KDL done what they could do. Um, they came in at a time when the league was kind of already up and running. So I don't think it was any fault to the crowd that are there now. Um, and no fault to the crowd that were there previous. But it just happened, the changeover happened kind of when the season was started. And yeah, it wasn't nice to, to look at a league where there's only a couple of teams in it and you're thinking, oh, no, like, you know, this could be over in Orleans. And, you know, you want, you want to... With plenty of teams, like not just five or six teams, you don't, like, you know, that's that's not a league as competitive as it was. Like, I mean, you would like more teams in it. And with the three divisions, I think it'll be brilliant. I think it's the right way going forward. But um, I think I don't know how many get promoted. I don't know what way they're doing it. Our focus now is just on the Premier. We're there. I don't care who's there. Who's there with us? We just focus on ourselves now. Go out to win it. Eddie, always a pleasure getting to talk to you. Thanks very much and congratulations to yourself and the lads down in St. Canis's. No hassle and congratulations to you as well and I'm lucky with the league. It'll come for you soon, Shane. Fingers crossed. Always the braids, man, never the braid. (laughs) <laughs> All right, Thanks, Eddie. Have a good one. Thanks very much. Okay. Bye, 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 bye. Eddie Clifford, say Caddis' manager there after they won the Division 1 scoreline.ie league and got promoted to the Premier Division. As he so astutely said, we lost the league, Division 2, by a single point. You got a win today, though, against Spy United, who very incredible facilities out there. Very tough game in, t- in tough, warm conditions, but just a penalty. 1 0 win for Castle Warren there allowed us to advance into the and maybe the last Shamie O'Connor Cup this was brought in for second and third division sides they just compete out a cup amongst themselves but considering now next season we're going to three divisions it looks like a Still, a vote has to be done. We'll see what happens. It could be the first and last cup. We're going to take a quick ad break there. Lots more still to come here on Scoreline. Don't go anywhere. And that's been Scoreline Extra. I've been Shane O'Keefe. You can listen to the show live from 2 to 6 every Saturday and Sunday on KCLR. Until then, stay safe, stay sane, and remember, you're sound out.